Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to the SSC Weekly Podcast. Pastor Wayne has a great message for us today. If you're new or would like to connect, head on over to our website and click the I'm New button. We'd love to connect with you, and our hope is that you would be inspired to follow Jesus. Let's head on in. Pastor Werner has an update that we're going to play right now. I am in Calgary, and it is very cold in Calgary. But I just want to remind you that we are reading through every day different types of prayers. And you can find that right on our webpage. And what the purpose of this is to develop in us a greater understanding of what it is to communicate to the Father. And I'm encouraging you as an exercise along with this to try every day to pray Abba, Father which is an endearing way of talking to our Heavenly Father. God wants to have an affectionate, close relationship with us so that we can talk to Him and He can talk to us. And we're wanting to explore that deeper in this month of January all the way to February the 13th. Again, that's learn to pray together. Abba, Father. God bless you today. Have a wonderful Sunday service. All right, thank you, Pastor Werner, for that uh, encouraging note. And sorry that he's out there. uh, If you happen to catch the service, Pastor, it's so cold out there. uh, We're having beautiful weather in New Brunswick, aren't we? (laughs) Uh, I want to thank you for your heart of compassion. As Jill had mentioned, this church is a church that cares for people who are struggling with poverty and homelessness, and we have made, you have made an impact, and you are known in, in this local area as, as a group of people who, in the name of Christ, offer our help to those who are struggling, and it's a great witness. Not only is it meeting that practical need, which is wonderful, but is a great witness to Christ, so thank you. God bless you. I do want to say, I've talked with some folks here just in the service today that just signed up for Alpha, uh, several. And so I want to say, folks, that tomorrow night Alpha starts. It's the night you friends can come just to check it out. They're not necessarily saying they're going to go for the entire course, but just come check it out tomorrow night. Alpha is amazing. For people who have questions and want to explore there's, there's really not much better than just being in an alpha. It is friendly, it is open, it is warm, it is it's just it's so many good things, good food, good connection, and good content. So I would encourage you to invite someone. It's not too late. Direct them to our website. Get an invitation. We've got some invitations in the foyer, I think, at least if we have some left. And uh, so invite somebody. And if you are here and you say, I'm, I'm seeking, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out, I've got questions, and then this is a perfect opportunity for you. I would encourage you to go to the table at the back before you leave today. So as Pastor Werner mentioned, uh, last week he talked about communion with God. He mentioned the prayer readings. You can go online to get these or get one at, in the foyer. I would encourage you to follow along with us. Our church is doing it as a family. Uh, he talked about communion with God. Today, I am going to take us in a slightly different direction, but in the same vein, more or less. 
I'm going to talk to you about communion with others. Communion with others. I have to say that I, if I was to ask the question, why would we talk about this? Why would we talk about communion with others? I personally would have absolutely zero objection to this because it's so near and dear to my heart. I believe in what I'm going to talk about today with all of my heart. Now, I want to say that lest you think I am giving you a scolding today or, or correct you, correcting you in some uncharitable way, um, I am not uh, because I do believe and know that this church is a church that believes in communion with one another. You are warm, you are friendly, you are kind, you are relational, and you know what? I commend you, and I say thank you, and I say God bless you. I've watched you, I've observed you for 20 Four years almost, it's been a long time, and I've seen you do this, what I'm going to talk about today, I've seen you put this into action. Nonetheless, I think it's always good for us to sharpen the saw, so to speak, and, and, and sharpen ourselves so we can say, yes, this is important, and we are going to move forward in this area. It could be that there's someone here who's more introverted if I could use that I, and I use that in a very kind way there are extroverts there are introverts and there are people who are just a little more I like my quiet space I'm not I'm not out there a lot but let me tell you something there is absolutely nothing wrong with loving to be quiet to be a little more private in your life you don't have to be an extrovert in order to be re- relational Okay, let's just settle that right now. In fact, I will say that sometimes people who are very extroverted probably can lack in some deep and meaningful relationships. They give the illusion that, oh, wow, they must have so many friends. And there's a, it could be that is not necessarily the truth. What is communion with others? It is a deep, and meaningful sharing of your life with one another. It is both giving of your life and receiving. It is being truly known and truly loved. It is about being heard, being valued, feeling needed, feeling respected, and being loved. It is communion with one another. I'm pretty sure that there is absolutely nobody sitting here today that would say to me, you know what, I don't want any of that stuff. That is just, I don't want to be heard. I don't want to be known. I don't want to be loved. I don't want to be valued. I don't want to feel needed or respected. There's nobody that would say, I don't want that. It is an inborn need. It's the way God designed this. You can't outrun it. You can't ignore it. You can't shove it away and say, oh, it's nonsense. No, it is the way you are wired. We are wired to be at our best when we are in community, when we have communion with one another. So with that being said, I think this is an important topic.
In fact, isn't it amazing, folks, that when we talk about the things of God, and that's a huge umbrella, that's a big, big topic. We talk about the things of God. How often when we talk about and address the things of God, we end up talking about relationship with one another because it's hard to extract the things of God and put that in a category and put relationship with one another in a separate category. They definitely overlap and rightly so. And I'm going to show you why they do and why it's important. It's more than a social media connection. Now, listen, I know we got people all the time harping about social media and harping about, I don't have my phone with me. Oh, my goodness, I don't have my phone. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? No, I don't care. I don't have my phone right now. It's okay. Um, but, you know, we, we hear people harping all the time. All the time. Listen, f- smartphones are here to stay. Smartphones are not inherently bad. They're good. Social media is not inherently bad. It is a tool. It is something that can be used and utilized. Now, is there a bad side to it? Of course, it can be addictive, it can be a a replacement for relationship that does not meet our needs, and that's exactly my point. What I'm talking about today is, is greater than a social media connection. Okay, let's just leave that be for now. It's greater than a simple acquaintance. And there's nothing wrong with having an acquaintance. You've got many acquaintances, and that's okay. You can't be everybody's friend in a deep sense. You can't have deep communion with everybody. Don't even try. Because you'll spread yourself so thin that it just won't work. So, of course, you can't have deep communion with everybody. But there are people that God puts in your life that you need to have that, that communion with. And it's very valuable. It's very important. And it's very needed. So, it's more than a simple acquaintance. It's more than a casual friendship. I'm talking about something that is essential to our well-being. It is something by which the kingdom of God is defined. You say, really? Is it that big? Is it that important? Listen to the words of Jesus. He said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone say by this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What's that got to do with communion? He says that a distinguishing mark of people who are followers of Christ is the way they love one another. You cannot love one another without being in relationship. Now, I suppose I can say that I love someone, meaning I care for them, without really knowing them well or being in relationship But I think it's more, Jesus was intending more. There is a relationship that we have in the body of Christ that is built on love that is a distinguishing and identifying mark of his followers. We love one another. Folks, if there is anybody in the city of Fredericton who should get this down and do it well, it should be the followers of Christ. We should be a model and an example of what it means to get along with one another. Do you agree with that? We should be an example and a model of what it means to have real, transparent, vulnerable, life-giving 
respectful community. We should know how to do that well. It's very, very important. John goes on to say it even in a more stark way. Here's what he says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. Now I find that an amazing phrase. What in the world is he saying that, that if we love our brother and sister, we have light and we're not as apt to stumble. That is amazing. This must be really important stuff. He says, but anyone who hates a brother or sister is in darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Now, when we read that verse, when I read that verse, I thought, I said, oh, yeah, I don't hate anybody. Now, I'm sure that most of you, if not all of you, I hope all of you would say hate. Oh, my goodness, that is a very stark word. I don't hate anybody. And I'm sure that that would be true of, of, of you that are sitting here, those of us who are joining me on, us online. I don't hate anybody. Hate is a very stark word. I grew up in a household uh, where my father and mother were very particular about the way we behaved and the words we used. And um, you know what? The word hate was not a word we were allowed to use, let alone feel hate. Now, I had a younger brother and sister, okay? And although I'd have to say I didn't fight with them very much, they fought with one another way more than I fought with them. So, because I guess I'm just, you know, you know, but anyway. No, not true, not true. I was just a little older, and uh, I I don't know, it just worked that way. But, you know what, there were times they did annoy me. And uh, if my brother and sister ever listened to this, listen, there were times you did annoy me, okay? I just wanted you to know that. But I've forgiven you, I have forgiven you. But you know what, if I ever was to say, I hate you, oh my goodness, you know, I would be called, I would really, even that word was not a word you used. And so, because hate is a powerful word, but let me tell you something. When you dig into the word hate here, he's actually saying, and the meaning of this word is failing to esteem and to love one as we should. Wow. When we think, when we put that perspective on it, I'm thinking, oh, wow. Bottom line is this. John is telling us that walking in the light is, is to be equated with loving your brother and sister, being in good relationship with your brother and sister. In fact, I'm going I'm to I'm be as bold as I can to say this because the Bible backs me up on this one. If you say, I have a problem with you and I've got a problem with you and I've got a problem with you and I've got a problem with you, but you know what? You're the problem, but I don't have any problem with God but I have a problem with you and you and you and you. Listen, you've got a problem. And you happen to be in the middle of that problem because the Bible tells us that, that there's something not adding up here because to love God and to walk in the light is to be in good relationship with his people. This is the body of Christ. 
And so that's, and I think I'm preaching to the choir because I think you do love one another for sure. But let's keep going. Here's something that I want to say, and if, if this is the core, this is the center, this is the most important thing that I want you to catch from these few minutes that I'm talking to you today. And here's what it is. Our deep love for God is diminished through our poor exchanges with one another. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit. Our deep love for God is diminished through our poor exchanges with with one another. What am I saying by that? I'm saying that if the dots aren't connecting between your deep love for God and the way you relate and the way people experience you, then we've got a serious problem. Because no matter how wonderful and, and great your, your love for God is, and even, let's add on to that, your skill, your ability, the things you do, oh, you're amazing in so many ways. If it's not being translated into good relationship with others, there is a disconnect there that is extremely serious and problematic. Because you need to be able to translate that into good relationship, because if not, something incredible is being lost let me let me try to unpack it this way it, it's sort of like you know how many ever grew up on a farm anybody grow up on a farm that where there was cows anybody oh there's a few folks and not too many isn't that amazing not very many you know what a shame I didn't either but I do love cows <laughs> and you know what my wife loved cows loves cows we both love cows don't we you know, and sometimes one of the favorite things we do, you're going to say, you guys are so boring. But one of our favorite things is to go to stop by a pasture and just watch a cow, the cows. You, know, you ought to try it sometime, folks. It's very therapeutic. Okay? All right. And I know they do some nasty things every once in a while, but it's okay. But have you ever heard the saying, it's like a cow, and you're, please don't be offended by this. I'm not calling you a cow, Okay? I'm not calling you a cow. But it's like a cow who gave a good bucket of milk and then kicked it over. Have you ever heard that saying? Okay, if you haven't, it is a saying. I'm not lying to you. It is a saying. Okay, what does it mean? Here's the way I relate this. If we have amazing abilities and we have great love for God and we get into our Bible every day, and you just are so disciplined, and, so, and you've, got, you've got all these things, but you lack the social skills. And the ability to connect all of that good stuff inside of you into community so it becomes a benefit with others, then I'm saying, what a shame. Something is being lost. That's why what I'm talking about here is so important. You say, well, you know what? What do I need to work on in 2024? Um, You know, uh, you may very well have said, I need to work on my Bible reading. And there's nothing wrong with working on your Bible reading. Work on your Bible reading. Get into your Bible. I need to work on my prayer life. Get into your prayer life. But you know what? If somehow, and for all you mechanics, we're going to leave the farm illustration. Let's use a a mechanic illustration. What is behind the engine? It's not a trick question. What attaches to the engine that transmits power to the wheels? The transmission. Yes. Thank you for that. 
You all knew that. You just want to say in case you were wrong, right? So the transmission. So you can have all these things, the power. You've got it. You've got, I've seen people in my life. They had so many amazing things, but they couldn't relate to people. It was a disaster. They always, they didn't know how people experienced them. They came across either as, as, as cold or harsh or indifferent or whatever, and they really weren't that way. They really loved God. They were really great people of prayer. And listen, folks, I know not everybody's extroverted, and I know it's okay to be quiet introverted, but God wants us to be in community. We need to be able to connect with one another because you have amazing things in your life that need to be shared. Did you hear what I just said? You have amazing things in your life that need to be shared. And the only way you're going to share that, unless you're writing things for online and writing books, and I suppose people can do that, but generally speaking, you've got to connect with people in order to share your life. I'd like to share my life, but I don't want to see anybody. I feel that way sometimes too. You can't do it, folks. If you want to share your life, you've got to see people. You've got to talk to people. You've got to get to know people. You've got to be vulnerable. You've got to ask the question, how do people experience me? And you have to have somebody who holds up a great big full-length mirror to you and says, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. People experience you in wonderful ways, kind and so on, whatever you want to say. But you know what? There is a side to you. Oh, dear. But you know what? We can work on that. Should we work on that? Yes, we should. Why? Because I want to share my life and I want to remove the barriers that allow me to connect. I don't want to kick over the bucket, okay? I don't want to do that. Here's what, here's what the scripture says in John 12. Love must be sincere. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. If it is possible, I'm glad he said that. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Is this about relationship? Is this about communion? You better believe it is. It's an amazing chapter, amazing passage. Love must be sincere. We search our motives. We are dedicated and committed to one another. We honor others. You know, we, we have to ask the question, am I a diminisher or am I an illuminator? Well, what is that? I'm, I'm sure you can probably figure that out. It's, I, I, I'm borrowing this term from a great book called How to Know a Person by David Brooks. And in that book, he says this. He says, diminishers make people feel small and unseen. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever had anybody make you feel small and make you feel unseen? I want to ask you a question. How does it feel? How does it feel? to They didn't even know me. They didn't even want to know me. They, didn't, they gave me no value, no dignity, no recognition. I was nothing to them. That's, that doesn't feel good. We all want to be known, but the ministers make people feel small and unseen. They see people as things to be used, not persons to be befriended. They stereotype. Oh, yeah, I know. I know what he's like. How do you know what he's like? You haven't even talked to him. You haven't even heard his story. You haven't even sat down with her. 
You don't know this person. You are stereotyping according to a warped sense of what you think this person might be. And that is a travesty. And we mustn't do that. But that's what the ministers do. They categorize, they label, or they ignore. They are so involved with themselves that people generally are not even on their radar. They can go through life with like, yeah, people, people, who cares? I don't care about people. Get the job done. Get the job done. Listen, folks, we're going to find out someday that it's not about getting the job done. It's about relationships. Relationship is extremely valuable. I'm not saying we shouldn't get the job done, but we don't have to sacrifice relationship to accomplish the work of the kingdom of God. Who are illuminators? Illuminators have a persistent curiosity about people. They love to hear their story. They want to know, and they affirm them. They have trained themselves in the craft of understanding people. You say, Pastor Wayne, I'm kind of tuning you out right now because I am not a people person, okay? I generally don't like crowds. I don't like big parties. I, don't, I get tired. I don't want... Listen, I'm telling you something that we all need to hear. It's something that if it doesn't come naturally, it doesn't matter. We need to train ourselves in a certain capacity to love people. Because I don't know how you can go through life saying, this is not for me, I don't have to love people. This is not for me, I don't have to be in relationship with people. I don't know how you can do that. You might not be, you know, it might not be whatever in the context or in the manner in which you see some, but we have to live in relationship. And and here's the thing you say, I'm not a natural at this, but here's what we can do. We can train ourselves to love people better. We can train to be a better listener. We can train to be someone who affirms better. We can train and develop ourselves to know how to really understand people, to know what to look for, how to ask the right questions, how to shine a little encouragement into their life, how to make people feel bigger, deeper, loved, respected, seen, heard. You say, I'm not good at that. None of us are are necessarily good at that. We learn to do that. Why should we learn to do that? Because Jesus said this is how how you can, you can show that you are a follower of Christ. It's the way you love people, and we can't love people without being in relationship with people. So here's what I want to say. This is the core thing, and I'm going to change these few words now. Our deep love for God is released. Let's strike out the word diminished. Is released through our edifying exchanges. Let's strike out the word poor exchanges. The love of God is released through our edifying exchanges with one another. That's how God's love flows. You say, well, how does God love people? How does God love people? We could think of many ways that God loves people. He gives us the air to breathe. That's a loving thing. He gives us the the rivers and the mountains. That's loving, and we see his handiwork. We can say, well, I can feel God's love. Yes, we can feel God's love directly. But you know what I'm going to say next, don't you? The way we most often feel God's love is through the people in which he's put his love. His love flows through us. We are, we are filled with the love of God and we share the love of God. And when we do it, we do it in the name of Christ. We're showing the love of God. That's how God loves us. It's through one another. 
Well, I'm going to give you another little illustration by putting two handsome, two handsome creatures up here. Aren't they handsome? They're just awesome. And so these are two porcupines, and we'll use our imagination. It actually looks like it's a fall evening, but I'm going to pretend it's a cold fall evening, a cold Canadian night. We do get cold weather in Canada, in case you haven't noticed. And so the old saying goes, it goes like this, that these two fellows, they needed each other, but when they tried to get close, they needled each other. <laughs> we can see why. We laugh, don't we? Yeah, we are like porcupines sometimes. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be hard on you right now. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you really, actually, you look much, you're a lot, lot better looking than these guys. But, but you know what? We all have some quills. Do we have some quills, folks? Uh, come on, I'm asking you a question. Do we have some quills? Yeah, we all have some quills. We all have some ways we needle people. And it's sometimes when we try to get close and we, we develop that closeness, that's when those little sharp points can come out. Guess what? You're normal. That's the way it happens. But here's what we can do. We, we can remove some of those quills. We can learn to, to you know, develop areas in our life. Unlike the poor porcupine, he's always going to kind of be this way, and I guess they probably learn to navigate through this nonetheless. But especially for us, we can learn to get some of those sharp things out of our life. I want to ask you a question. Are there sharp words that hurt your relationship? Are there, are there some, are there some uh, sharp attitudes that aren't helpful? God wants to help us to eradicate and move those out of our life. Here's what the scripture says. And let us consider. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Now, here's the funny thing. I just said, I just said, get rid of those sharp points, and then the Bible says, you know, we need to learn how to spur. That's something kind of sharp. But you know what? There's probably a, a bad sharpness, and there's a good sharpness. It doesn't mean that we are wishy-washy, and we don't say the hard things sometimes. In fact, in fact, I'll say this when I'm talking about relationship. If we don't have someone who holds the mirror up to us and reflects how, how we are seen, if we don't have someone who's unwilling to say the hard things to us, then we're missing something vital in our life. You need a friend. I need a friend. Now, thank God I have a wonderful Spouse, and we, we, we help one another be at our very best. And my wife helps me to be at my best. And she doesn't do it by just always patting me on the back. She'll say things that, that I can grow in. Now, in case you're wondering, is my wife? No, she's beautiful and she's not critical at all. She's encouraging, but she's not afraid. We talk about the tough things. Do you talk about the tough things with your spouse? You need to. But setting family and spouse aside, let's talk about our relationships. Okay, we need someone who will speak the truth to us. That's what it says. Spur 
one another on. There's a goal. What is the goal? To be more loving and to do good deeds. And it says not giving up. I like those three words. Not giving up. Can we have an honesty moment? Every one of us have had times in our life when we felt like giving up on people. And we said, listen, I'm just tired of people. And generally, we're focusing on a few people or someone who hurt us. And, and we say, I'm, I'm done. I am done. I'm so disappointed. And, and we, we have that narrow focus on what has hurt us. And we can say, I'm done. I'm giving up. I, I don't want to see anybody anymore. You know, we've all probably gone through seasons or times like that. I understand that. And listen, if you're here and you're saying, Wayne, you're talking in glowing ways about relationship, and I'm struggling right now, and so I feel very kind of on the outs here. Listen, I understand what you're experiencing. We've all had difficulty in relationship at times. But I'm urging you, don't give up. Sometimes even walking into a new building, if you're new to our church family, and you say, oh, it's so tough, I... I like walking in. I don't know anybody. Listen, I acknowledge the difficulty of that. It's not always easy to have communion. It's not always easy, but it is worth the effort. It is, and, and please, I urge you, don't give up. There are lots of loving people. Make the effort. Yes, there, there might be a few times you bang your shins or you get disappointed and you reach out to someone and it didn't work out the way you thought. No, like I don't know. I'm going to give up. Don't give up on people because God has some amazing people. There are, will be times of disappointment, but it says don't give up meeting together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another. Don't give up on people. We need people. If you happen to be in a season where you say, Wayne, I don't really need too many people. Things are going great for me. My job, my career, the money's good. I've got a nice new car. I'm great. I don't really need people. Trust me, there will come a day when all of that will feel so empty. And you will say, I wish I had have invested more in my friendships. Nothing is better than communion with others. Well, communion with God, but we're talking about communion with others, and you can't separate them. And the Bible says here, let's think about this. Let's consider this. Let's think about this. Do you have an encourager? Is there something you can do in your life to open up your life? You know, you say... You say, I don't know, I'm struggling in that area and you're afraid and you're frustrated and everything else goes just, but open up your life. You are worthy of love. You are lovable. Trust me. I don't care what skills you have or don't have or what, list all kinds of things you might have or don't have. Listen, bottom line is you are lovable. You are God's creation. You, you are wanted. You need to be. There are people who want to love you and, and be there for you. 
Open up your life. Step in and invite people into your life. You say, but you know what? I'm afraid first time I open my mouth, I'm going to say something stupid. Or, you know, I don't know. Listen, get over yourself. Get over that. Just put yourself out there because you are lovable. You are needed. You've got something valuable inside of you. Remember I said about the transmission? You, you know, you've got things that can be transmitted into the lives of people. Something beautiful that God has put in you and we don't know about it unless we have communion together that's why we need to have communion by this you'll know by this they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another so I'm going to ask us to do that right now just close your eyes and just just bow your head for a moment think think with me Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. And when we pray this, I'm fully expecting God to do this, okay? I want you to pray. And I want you to expect to feel God speaking something into your life. Holy Spirit, come. I want you to pray that. Holy Spirit, come right now. Show me something that I need about communion with others. Holy Spirit, if you need to bring somebody, maybe you bring somebody to my mind right now that I need to reach out to. Holy Spirit, maybe you are speaking to me right now about things I need to get past, some barriers, some hurdles that that are preventing me from being in close communion with others. God, would you help me? Would you help us, Lord? Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to us? And I want you to pray this with me. Lord, what do you want to say to me right now about this area of my life? I pray, Lord, that you'll speak to that person right now who feels like I'm so disappointed, I'm so hurt, I'm so done, I can't get into community, I, won't, I wouldn't be loved and appreciated anyway. Some of these nasty, terrible, negative thoughts that go through their head, we pray in the name of Jesus that you'll, you'll fight back against those thoughts, Lord. Give them strength. They are lovable. They are needed. We have, can have sweet communion. We can have those times of affirmation, times where we're heard, times where we're valued, times where we're encouraged. Lord, I pray that you'll impress upon us, impress this upon us right now. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Would you just transition right now and just let's say thank you, Jesus. Maybe lift your hands, your heart to God. Lord, I thank you for my community. I thank you for the family of God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll help me to be all that I can be in community. Amen. Praise God. Before we slip away, would you just stand? Just stand where you are right now. God bless you. And as we dismiss today, uh, I want you to be careful just to look around and, and make sure that the people around you get at least some kind of affirmation from you. Just like even a smile, even like a, an elbow touch or something. And just to let them know, I see you. I value you. We often say, hey, it's great to see you. You know what? That's not a cliche. We really mean it. It is great to see you because you matter. You're important to us. So could we practice that as we leave today? Would that be okay? 
All right. God bless you. You're free. Go and do it in Jesus name. Amen. We're so glad that you've joined us. You know, you are part of something bigger and we want to invite you to get involved, to really be part of the team. You can help make ministry happen either by volunteering or by financially partnering with us. If you'd like to give, you can head over to ssc.church give and you can even sign up for automatic withdrawals so that you know that your money is consistently making a difference and you are inspiring others to follow Jesus. Why not start today? Head on over to ssc.church give and sign up today. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you in the week to come. Oh, 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 oh,